Hello and welcome back to the Body Talks Back. I'm Sarah Romeo White, and on today's episode, I talk to my friend Deborah Bag. Deborah is a yoga teacher, a doula, a somatic psychotherapist, and the owner of Juniper, uh, which is a yoga and healing arts center in Prospect Heights, Brooklyn. It's such a beautiful space, guys. There's a flower store in the front. You need to go there and check it out and take some classes and do all the workshops and the things. Um, their website is loveisjuniper.com, so you can go there and find out more of what they offer as well as more of what Deb offers. Um, so in full disclosure, this is actually the second interview that I did with Deb. The first interview I did back in November uh, when I did the first batch of these. Um, and because she is so multifaceted, there was just so many avenues that we could go down and it kind of was all over the place. And I really hugely appreciate Deb for reaching out to me and asking if we could redo it with more of a focus. Um, and there's obviously a huge chunk of time between uh, when we did that first interview and now now, um, and we actually rescheduled and did our second interview only a few weeks ago. Um, and within that chunk of time, I myself was going through a, a little bit of a, a, a rough patch, uh, and I decided I needed to go back to therapy. <laughs> um, and it just so happens that the therapist I ended up with um, is a Gestalt therapist, and Gestalt I find out on this episode is actually a form of somatic psychotherapy. Um, I knew that she was a somatic psychotherapist, um, or at least was using somatic uh, psychotherapy techniques, uh, mostly based on the conversation that I had had with Deb uh, back in November. Um, so I knew that this form of therapy was hugely beneficial to my life, um, really has been kind of a game changer for me uh, and is something that I now am very much relying on uh, um, and love very deeply. And um, I, when we started talking about rescheduling and trying to figure out the date and what the focus would be, I realized that I really wanted um, Deb to talk mostly about the somatic psychotherapy because of that fact, because of the fact that it is something that I am personally doing at the moment. Um, and it was kind of perfect because her, this episode is uh, the beginning of the next phase of this podcast, which is a lot more personal to me. This conversation itself isn't as, as much personal. And obviously, I know I'm a talker, guys. Um, I am. I talk a lot about my story. Uh, I can't help it. It's just part of who I am. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I, I go into a little bits of my story um, in previous episodes. Um, but then this next batch is more... Um, personal in the sense that I highlight more modalities that I that I use personally currently now, um, as well as speak to my parents, uh, my sister, my best friend, and so people who are just hugely uh, instrumental to my life um, and who were there um, during my, my, my lowest of lows. And speaking of lowest of lows, uh, this episode also kind of comes at a perfect time uh, because this past week has been really intense. There was two uh, huge public figures uh, who committed suicide uh, in the beginning and the end of the week. Um, it's been, for me, really, my trauma has been hugely triggered. Uh, I've been a little bit living in, in flashbacks, but because of therapy and because of my support system, and all the different healing modalities um, that I rely on, um, I am able to move through it and recognize it and um, 
feel the feelings without them completely taking over my entire life. Uh, find the present in the present. Um, and I just think that now more than ever, we all need a little extra help, whether mental illness is something that you struggle with or just, you know, being a human in the world today, uh, it, it, there's a lot going on. It's It's been a, a rough go uh, since this administration has taken over. Um, and yeah, so I think, you know, there's been a lot of triggers uh, from the Me Too movement, you know, uh, sexual trauma to... Just everything, guys. It's just uh, a really good time to find a therapist or whatever way that, you know, you find yourself getting some extra help. Um, And so I'm really glad and, you know, couldn't be happier that this is the episode that's coming out this week um, because I think Deb does such an incredible job of not only explaining this form of therapy, but just the importance of therapy in general. Um, And... And yeah, so I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. A uh, huge thanks to Deb uh, for doing this with me twice. <laughs> um, and I hope that for anybody out there who is struggling, that uh, this episode um, is able to provide some tools uh, for you to use um, and maybe is uh, the push that you need to get the help that you need. Um, All right. So all my love to all of you out there. And I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. I think I might have said that before, but oh, well, I'm saying it again. All right. Love you. Bye. Um, So I guess the first kind of question that I have because sometimes I think when we work within the wellness world, we can be in a bubble and not realize what other people aren't aware of. And I think I come across this a lot, and it's always shocking to me that a lot of people don't even know what the word somatic means. Mm-hmm. Would you mind kind of explaining that before even going into the... Yeah. So um, soma, soma is, is the body. Um, and so when we're thinking about the body, we're not just um, focusing only on um, kind of the, the meat and the bones of the body, but also the energetics of the body, um, the feeling of the body, the, the mind of the body. So somatic psychology is um, this relationship of the, your psyche. So that would be like this piece, which it is mind, but it is, it is an understanding in the somatic psychology world that the mind does not just operate in the head but is actually an intelligence that lives throughout the body so the body cannot be separated from the mind they are one and in the, are the same mm-hmm. um so when i work with clients i'm working with the the whole system so i'm working with them on an energetic level on a spiritual level on an emotional level on a psychological level um and and a physical and a physical level um and physical meaning even in the physical it's like um not just um how they move but also how the body has communication um that the mind not may not necessarily mind being like the conscious thinking self may be even aware of so it's Part of my work is helping to get integration of all the different systems um, and all the different parts of ourselves because we aren't just mind and we aren't just body. We're, we're a collection of so many different processes. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, absolutely. Okay. No, that was great. <laughs> that was a good definition. Okay. Um, so when, because you do a lot of, a lot of things. Mm-hmm. It's all body related. Yeah. So you're a yoga teacher, doula, doula, somatic psychotherapist, business owner, business um, owner. Um, yeah, and also I work studio. with women, you know, women's circles and mm-hmm. and yeah. Yeah, so I do a bunch of things. Is, is fertil? What is the name of that? Or are you not? Oh, doing we're not doing more. Okay, no. okay. It's just me now. <laughs> okay, cool. Then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yes, you run Juniper, which mm-hmm. is a yoga studio and healing arts uh, space in Prospect Heights, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. You're almost. It's almost a one year, right? Almost. Yeah, August will be one year. That's crazy. Yeah. I can't believe that much time has yeah, gone I know. by. And not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's not, not that yeah. long ago, and it's long ago. Yeah. yeah. And so you do um, the somatic psychotherapy. Is that is that right terminology, somatic psychotherapy? Or is yeah, well, that's on my training. So my I went to Naropa University, which has a really strong creative art therapy department. And the the degree it's a it's a master's degree in um, somatics psychotherapy, and but I also am a licensed mental health counselor. So oh, okay, so I have two. Yeah, so I can be just a psychotherapist oh, or somatic okay. psychotherapist, and then the track that I took in at Naropa was uh, dance movement therapy. So my work has spanned from totally nonverbal working with inpatient psychiatric people to. Um, now working with i guess more like say high functioning neurotic adults mm-hmm. you know normally neurotic is one way of expressing <laughs> who we are um adults at juniper when you say non-verbal you mean like the patients were yeah non-verbal? the patients oh, wow. are non-verbal oh. so this is where somatic psych really shines and especially dance movement therapy is that when um, when a process, when a person is going through something, but they can't verbally communicate that, your body is always right there um, to offer um, its services to be, you know, to process and to move towards healing and greater wholeness. So, yeah, so sessions were nonverbal because the patients were non, a lot of them were nonverbal or very specific in their verbal. So, perhaps when, you know, when now I would ask you like, how are you feeling today, Sarah? You might answer me. Whereas in the impatient psych, often we would, we wouldn't ask how, how you are in words, but how do you feel through movement? Mm-hmm. And so that would be a way of expressing and going into a, a process or open the group. Wow. Mm-hmm. So there would be group. Or I used one-on-one. to do, uh, I used to do groups there. I also did one-on-one in the outpatient. It was part of Woodhull. I worked with outpatient. That would, I would do one-on-one stuff, but also group work. How does that even work? Like how, what, I mean, I'm just fascinated by that, like what that even looks like. Yeah, it can look many different ways. It can look, um, it can look like chaos. Mm -hmm. It can look like ordered chaos. Um, It's a lot of me holding a particular space and orientation and willingness to um, go into, in some ways, like subtle realms and, and, more just the, the feeling in the room and then helping the clients to um, stay anchored and grounded into their bodies. So all of life is motion, all of life is movement on the like the subatomic level in our bodies, in, in our DNA. We are all, you know, our beating heart, our moving digestive system, our, our pulsing breath. Um, 
so when so move, movement is life so our circles would also help those patients that were pretty like catatonic and very kind of um, checked out or very rigid in the body to help them to uh, get a larger range of movement which in somatic psych you widen your range of movement you also widen your capacity for healing it's like your emotions you also widen your range and your capacity to hold greater emotional states the more you're able to tolerate and work with whatever's coming up for you the better tools in your toolkit you have to like cope with life right. you aren't like suppressing or rejecting uh, parts of yourself this is how we come into wholeness and we can do this verbally through you know therapy talking but also there's there's unconscious ways that our bodies have are holding patterns that need movement too not just through talking mm-hmm. and obviously this is on a case-by-case basis mm-hmm. but i know like for for me personally like i have a i have a disconnect with my body i'm very mm-hmm. somatic i've mm-hmm. always I get sick when I'm stressed out. Mm-hmm. I'm just my whole family is like that, mm-hmm. um, so I have an awareness at least of that. But I have a disconnect. Mm-hmm. I've always had a disconnect between my body because of different things, mm-hmm. and I just it fascinates me when I, when people are embodied mm-hmm. when they are when they can hear because mm-hmm. um, after we had done our interview, I think in maybe December or something, mm-hmm. I actually started going back to therapy and my therapist, I don't know if she's a somatic therapist or she does gestalt. I don't know what like the, mm-hmm. the difference is. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so she does a lot of when you were, what you were saying, um, the last time that we spoke about how you'll ask people like, where are you feeling it mm-hmm. in your body? Yeah. Um, and I think just from because I you had said that I was like mm-hmm. oh this is not somatic therapy uh-huh. okay. yeah this is what I'm doing but this yeah. makes sense um, um, but I how do you when you work with clients kind of like move past that block if if someone can't even really feel where they're feeling like right. and express that yeah like, well yeah you don't go from feeling so disembodied and disconnected to being asked, how do you feel in your body? And all of a sudden you have access. Mm-hmm. It, it definitely is a practice. Um, even yesterday I was with a client and um, I was asking her to notice um, how she feels in her body when she's kind of stuck in a, in a realm of um, like going down a rabbit hole of computer stuff and <laughs> feeling like oh her God. head is just like, there's just a head and there is no body. So, um, and her question was to me, well, how do I do that? So for that very specific case, what I said was, okay, every five minutes you set a little timer and on five minutes you pause and you notice your breath because your breath will be an easy way to just ax- come into an access in. You close your eyes, you feel the inhale and exhale. So you start slowly, slowly. The breath is one of the easier places to feel and then maybe <clears throat> sensory so you'd feel like your feet on the ground like literally like feeling this physical form and then once then it's layers so like as you get used to and you're and you feel safe enough to feel like what's there we can go deeper and deeper into the into the more subtle layers that are that come up during sessions or um like that have you noticed a uh... A kind of uh, well I don't know if you're maybe you're even getting more clients but just in this climate that mm-hmm. we're currently in like politically and socially um, more people being outside of themselves and like 
not being able to have a connection with their body because I know like again for me like with the when the Me Too movement and all that stuff happened it was that was when I started going back to therapy right I was like I can't right and you know um but I feel like that's kind of when a lot of people in my life that I've noticed and then myself also just felt so like okay like trying to just like escape the body. I'm just interested in like... Right. Well, yeah. it is interesting with the Me Too movement because it was so... It's like the, the shadow got revealed and it's like, okay, so when the shadow gets revealed, which, which is always... Which is there, when the unconscious becomes conscious, if you don't have a structure in which to then like work with your nervous system, work with what rises, work how your body, you know, responds um, to the information and, and like the truth of the truth of what is... Yeah, one of the easiest things to do is to disembody because if you feel your body, you have to feel everything mm -hmm. um, because all of our memories, all of our experiences are stored in the body. So the Me Too movement is obviously incredible because it, it shone a light on, on the shadow, mm -hmm. but I think a lot of people then maybe didn't have the resources or the wherewithal to actually like process what Rose has has risen up inside of them in the in the mirror and the reflection in our culture about how um, how much suffering and how much abuse and how much you know so because it's I mean it's re-traumatizing it's like re-traumatizing re yeah. and you need to have somewhere to go to then process what flares up the shadow this is why therapy and having a good therapist and being in a therapeutic relationship is so imperative and important so that you have a truly safe space in which to process this material so that you can integrate whatever is arising and digest so that you're not just either disembodied or um so sensitive like your nervous system is so sensitive and reactive to the environment mm -hmm. yeah and of course your nervous system is your body yeah yeah have you noticed kind of within your own, with the people who you've worked with or people who you've come across, kind of like where where it's affecting people the most? I, yeah, yeah, I think everybody has their own, there's like the collective, but there's also the individual and everybody has their own mm -hmm. story. And I think it's really important to honor everybody's individual stories yeah. and work with people as individuals. So even somatic psychology in, in, in a, as, a, as a whole it, there isn't like it's not um like like freudian or jungian where there's actually just like kind of one i mean i don't know too too much about those modalities but it's, it's like there's like a map or there's like a framework right. in which you understand somatic psych has like many mothers and fathers of somatic psychotherapy oh, okay. so like a gestalt or the moving oh. cycle like there's just there's a variety of um great teachers that work in the somatic that, that that are like pioneers in the field chase there's, there's a bunch of mothers and they all have different ways of working mm -hmm. um so it's not like there's you have to find for yourself like for me the way that i work which is true to myself is i also include the spirit and spirituality and i don't take that out of our sessions and my clients we work on that too um I don't take out, you know, mindfulness practices and um, I have a kind of like a multi and I work with flower essences. So I also make tinctures. I have a multidisciplinary approach because that's what works for me. And that's what I mm. found effective. But there are many different modalities within somatic psych that people work differently. Yeah, I mean, for me, also, I think just 
I don't work well with just one thing. Mm-hmm. There's like, cause they, I don't, how can you? I don't know. There's well, just you so can many deep, layers. Like, good, like, deep. Yeah, but there's like, there's like real, like cognitive behavioral therapy. Yeah. There's like different modalities that offer. For sure. And there's a time and place for mm-hmm. all of them. Cause when I was a teenager and mm-hmm. like that, I did cog CBT. Like mm-hmm. that was the therapy that I did up until, um, I stopped going to therapy when I was like 21. Right. Um, and that worked then. Yeah. And then I was like needing to integrate as an adult, like meditation and at one point yoga and one point. Yeah. You probably needed to go and, like a deeper layer beyond just working mm-hmm. with your behaviors. How do you work with all the layers of, of the self? How do you mm-hmm. work with your spiritual self, your mm-hmm. um, subtle self, your relational self? Yeah. And then of course your, your body. I think if you leave the, if you leave the body out of therapy, you're missing a huge piece. Yeah. Um, because right from the very, 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 very start of like in utero, you're f- you're forming your experience of life through your body, wiring your nervous system through the body. So that continues all the way till our body itself dies and the breath leaves. Yeah. So not including the body um, in your healing process is missing a huge piece. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I even know like, um, I found out just within the last like few years that when I was born, I was sick, so I was in an incubator for the first mm. ten days of my life, and I was like, oh, like, right. just even having that right. knowledge, I was like, well, that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> like, well, it's an imprint. Yeah, like people could only touch me with gloves for the first right. ten days of my life in a box. Like, all right, right understanding yeah like yeah and like how was that interpreted in through your system Mm -hmm. going from a dark warm muted sound like a sound muted environment to like probably bright lights and Mm -hmm. cooler temperatures and um plastic like unorganic you know yeah especially in the 80s mm-hmm. was like, yeah <laughs> yeah there was no really cognizance i mean i yeah. guess it's probably the same now i don't i think uh, they've updated their uh yeah, i don't know let's not go down <laughs> okay the modern medical birthing world yeah <laughs> another can of yeah words. what's the difference between um because i had never heard of somatic therapy until recently within like the last few years um but i had done in one of the hospitals that I was in, um, the first long-term hospital that I was in was called the Renfrew Center, and they do um, all different kinds of therapies. So it was like basically being in summer camp, but mm-hmm. just instead of going to like the ropes course, like you were doing therapies. Uh-huh. Even I mean, the ropes course could be a therapy uh-huh. in itself. Um, and one of the ones that we did was experiential therapy. They did movement therapy and they did experiential. What is? Do you know that? No, okay. Yeah. Experiential, what? Exp- I mean, I don't know what experience. I, I think, I mean, mostly, most therapies are experience. Mm. You are having an experience, you are experiencing. I don't know exactly what that is. It was like going, reliving traumas. Oh, so you were like playing playing out? Yeah. And, but, and it was through the body. It was, um, You'd be in a room. I didn't, you, like, you had to kind of, because there were tracks, mm-hmm. and you had to be on a certain track to be able to, or a certain level of the track, so it was in a survivor track. And when you got to a certain point, then you were allowed to do these things, because they didn't want to, like, 
obviously safety measures. Um, Was it helpful? So I didn't, I was a a participant in it. Mm -hmm. I didn't do it myself because they would have a bunch of people in the room sitting in a circle and then the, uh, that were like handpicked from whoever the person is who's experiencing it. And then the person was in the middle of the room having the experience. Mm -hmm. I think that it, yeah, like, um, I mean, it was insane to watch. Mm -hmm. It was in it to be a part of, um, and again, also re-traumatizing because that's the problem with being in those situations yeah so (laughs) well we've kind of moved out but actually I wonder if there's like a a new wave that's probably going to come in with I think I wonder even with the breathwork stuff that's emerging so much Mm -hmm. is like when there was like a period of time where um, like catharsis was seen to be a really useful way of um, getting movement and moving a process and like I think it was thought that like you would you know primal scream and yeah. working through uh, like cathartic things re like reenacting old stuff that traumas that happen and I think the the theory was that you would then like get it out of your system but I think often what happened is that actually it would re-traumatize the system yeah. like the nervous system could not handle um, the assault from the experience and so where we've moved at least when my studies began and and it it did shift is that we want to move through a process but still feel like we are in um we are steering our own ship so if if i'm going to work with a client and we're going to go into maybe a darker experience that they've had we're going to go in and out of that experience so i'm going to hold a strong container that they are not that 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 they will keep feeling resourced and grounded even though maybe there's something that needs to be moved and like physically like literally moved like physically like expressed through the space or like breathe through or to talk through i'm going to keep them resourced so that they don't actually disconnect and disembody and re-traumatize themselves mm-hmm. so that's more how i work and i think it's um a safer way of working yeah. i think it's a gentler but still as deep and effective and then a person can my clients can kind of go in and feel that they are able to go in and out of experiences um like deep intense experiences without dissolving and losing themselves completely losing the ego ego meaning like the the um like the steady observing part of themselves right. So, like, learning how to ground. Yeah, learning how to yeah. ground, learning how to, like, feel into something. It's because, you know, so often in life, especially if you have deep traumas, you'll go into, like, if you have PTSD or whatever the case may be, there'll be an event that happens that triggers you, and then you will you will disconnect mm-hmm. and go into just the feeling experience. Right. And so learning how to, like, touch in and, and then actually come back to the concrete reality of the here and now of the saying present in the present is healing and resourcing to our to my clients so um yeah not just going down the rabbit hole for you yeah. know for what to repeat experience no it's about actually learning how to find resources within our own body so that if stuff does come up you know what to do and how to deal with it Okay, yeah. yeah. My therapist gave me Play-Doh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was like, yeah. we're going to play And so now you're kind of giving... I'm like, oh, okay. Uh-huh. That's... That, I mean, I got it in the moment, but 
now I have more of an even understanding as to uh-huh. why I have a container of Play-Doh in my <laughs> bedroom. Uh-huh. She's like, just whenever you're stressed out, just start. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because the sen- sen- sensory will sensation of the Play-Doh and the movement of your hands mm-hmm. will will help to orient your attention to be present in the present, so that you aren't just in your trigger. You aren't in. You aren't just like lose yourself. You know, and become one of in your fight, flight, freeze, or faint responses. Mm-hmm. So you don't get what's called emotionally hijacked. Yeah. So, how, when did you did you were you a yoga teacher first and then went into it, or was that kind of like? No, I. I start. I was actually during graduate school. I started teaching yoga, and then it was all happening at the same time: yoga and graduate school, and they were just ha- always happening side by side. So. Mm. I always taught yoga and I always was, you know, doing my psychotherapy. Do you use yoga in the psychotherapy practice as like, or not No, I don't use, no, I don't, I don't like, I don't mix, I don't put the yoga in the psychotherapy, but definitely like everything I've learned and experienced Mm -hmm. shows up in my yoga classes. That, That doesn't get separated. Yeah. And I can say like, I mean, yoga has informed so much of my my work as a therapist but i'm not teaching asana it's more would be around the the theory and the philosophy and what i've just the embodied piece to that but we're not doing like trikonasana yeah 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 so can you explain the the flower essences Mm -hmm. so i work with bach flower bach flower remedies bach flower essences um it's subtle energy it's vibrational medicine so um the plants if you um and this is true because i'm also i'm I'm doing herbalism school at juniper we have herbal school and our teacher yeah Yeah, it's cool yeah it's really nice (laughs) and what's just so great about it is that i'm remembering over and over again with my teacher vanessa is that if you just if you just hang out for long, long enough with a particular plant and and soften and open and become present to the present, you will get information. Mm-hmm. Like the communication of plants and flowers are right, they're right there because they are nature and we are nature. And so they vibrate, they have a particular medicine, a particular teaching and they vibrate at a particular level. And um, so the flower essences, as they, they, they vibrate at a particular frequency and that frequency then you take you take internally and that um that matches inside your system at the certain like music like mm-hmm. you know when like music comes in and it's healing music that it, it works on it like a cellular deeper layer and the black flower remedies work with your you on an emotional layer of the body honestly i don't know exactly how it works because it's just very magical but it it works because people use it and people use it on their kids and use it on their dogs they use it on themselves and oh you can use it with your pets yeah absolutely and they're very subtle but subtle and powerful um so often a lot of my clients i'll make an essence at the end of our session to do with what our session like what came up with our session and i feel like they're like a support system so they're they're healing medicines to like continue a process throughout the week from when I see my clients week to week. Do you notice like huge shifts just Yeah. Totally. Wow. No, amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Like I have two women that I've been working with and like what they came into work with in November 
and like where they are now are is exactly where it was a mystery i don't know how they would get from november like from this what their goals are and what they wanted to this other place but we've gotten there we're in april or whatever we're in may that's a very short time yeah, <laughs> november yeah, may amazing. like their whole everything has turned around in the direction of where they want to i mean it's one piece of their story but absolutely i mean i'm seeing i just see it and witness it all the time wow especially this is where therapy is so great because it's a long haul it's not just yeah. a quick fix i don't work with people just once and then we're done mm-hmm. i mean i can but it doesn't really i don't think it penetrates on a deeper level i'm de- i work with people for extended periods of time so that we can really go through a deeper process through time and yeah so what brought you to deciding you wanted to be a somatic psychotherapist were you you were doing the counseling first and then went into that or it is a counseling degree no i i just i think it was just a series of perfect um guidance that i wasn't even really aware of so um when i was 20 somebody handed me a pamphlet in south africa about on naropa and he he was like i really want to go to the school for writing and i was like oh my god i literally (laughs) felt like the room turned a different color. I my heart lit up. I heard angels sing. <laughs> it was really wild. And I said to my dad, I'm like, I need to go to this school. Like it's in I Boulder, don't know. It's right? in Boulder. Wow. Okay. So um yeah, so that was when I was twenty and um and then it, it happened. Like and then a series of events happened and I saw the dance movement therapy program and I've always loved it's most okay oh, it's love to move it's mm-hmm. like in our native but i've always loved to move i've always loved to dance i've always found that particularly healing and i've did a, a, just a number of different like movement things my whole life not mm-hmm. necessarily like structured but just wild and free movements and move dance things uh biodanza just like a bunch of other things the five rhythms and um yeah so it just felt like a very it was like a natural everything was a natural progression it wasn't like i wasn't confused or not knowing what I wanted to do in life I mm. was lucky some people don't know and then it be- that becomes their process to figure it out but that wasn't for me you just you knew you wanted to help people also yeah like yeah and in a way that was like creative and right a little bit more wild and free mm. and and definitely with the body that was never a question I just I don't know that field existed but when I saw it I was like Oh, well, that is, this is me. That's me. This is me. <laughs> Whatever this is, I'm yeah. 21. This is me. So, uh, yeah. What brought you to New York? You've been um, here for a long time, right? Like, I've been here since two, uh, 2005. That's a so, 13 time. years. Yeah. 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 A suggestion did. Somebody said, Do you want to move to New York? My best friend. Oh, was okay. Like, Great. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> that was that. And then we moved. Yeah. Because that seems like a big energy shift from Boulder yeah. to here. Even yeah. Though, I mean, I've never been to South Africa, but just can only imagine. Yeah. That. But I think when you're in your 20s, you just do what, you know, you yeah. just do whatever you want. Yeah. If you can. You just, yeah. it doesn't feel so epic. Now I'm like nearly, I'm 38, so yeah. everything feels a little bit more epic. Yeah, really? <laughs> yeah. I don't think so. Look forward to it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it really feels like a schlep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you also are a mom now, yeah. too. I feel like that also shifts. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that yeah. changed my entire yeah universe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> In the best possible way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't even... I think... That's good. That's good. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so yeah. much. Yeah. I really just... Especially because it's 
now something that I've been doing and it's really been helping me like so much that I it's kind of crazy how much it's been helping. Are you doing like open chair work? Has she done that with you? Oh, I don't know. What's that? Like you have a chair. Oh, speak to the chair. No, no, because she's she has a lot of different. It's not just Castell. She's like Mm -hmm. she also is a yoga teacher and Mm -hmm. does like she has a million different things that she does. So I think it's really. Maybe we just haven't gotten there yet. I mean, it's only been like three, four months or something like that. So it's still very new. Yeah. Um, But I forgot how important therapy was to me. Because when I stopped doing it, it was actually suggested to me by a therapist Mm -hmm. um, when I was in the last hospital that I was in. She was like, once you like get stabilized on your back and like are in a good place like I think it's best for you to stop doing therapy because it was all CBT Mm -hmm. and so and I'd been doing it since I was um seven years old um and so it retrained my brain like so I was you know putting everything in I needed explanations for things and like everything was like in categories and I was like logic sizing everything um and to a to a fault. So right. it was like, she was like, you need to right. basically like experience life right. like in, without this. Right. Um, and then I kind of went, I know I stopped for a while and this, and at that point I, I also went off of all my medication and I did everything, which is also another thing that I started again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, started taking well again. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I stopped and then I went, I started again, like kind of on and off for a while and then was doing different things like meditation or working, like right. working uh, with a meditation teacher or then working with a healer right. and like doing, so I was trying, I was trying to access it in different places, right. but I, I forgot how important it was just to have like even a therapist just have a therapist just like, <laughs> just like a non bio yeah. like someone who's just there yeah. to cuz yeah. yeah i was like oh i missed yeah. this so much yeah it's you coming home to yourself you're mm-hmm. coming home to like this person that like helps you to feel sane and mm-hmm. grounded and seen and felt yeah. and yeah without judgment yeah without judgment yeah. it's not a conversation it's a it's very specific we're done right yeah 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 i'm gonna do like an end okay do an end thing yeah okay so thank you (laughs) (laughs) thanks so much though